These UFC rules need to be changed. Let me explain. Grounded knees should be legalized in the UFC, meaning that if you are turtled on the ground or if you're essentially standing hunched over with your fingertips touching the ground, you should be susceptible to getting kneed in the face by your opponent. And let me explain why. Being turtled on the ground or being hunched over with your fingertips touching the ground is an inherently inferior position in mixed martial arts. But because of the rule set, because of the ways the rules are set up, it is actually more of a neutral and in some cases more of an advantageous position given the circumstances. You can't be kneed, you can't be kicked to the head, and because of the angle and because of the rule set that you can't, you can't absorb strikes to the back of the head, you can't really be effectively punched if your opponent is still standing. So what happens? Now your opponent really has to engage with you in offensive grappling, whether it be through trying to break you down to your side, going around to the back and trying to either find submissions there or uh, strike you from the back, or just uh, backing off or, or they can go for the front headlock series and try to submit you that way. But a fighter who gets shot on and now their opponent is in a turtle position really is limited in their overall offensive arsenal. The problem is that it rewards fighters for poor wrestling and gives a fighter who perhaps stuffed, sprawled, whatever they did to defend the takedown, it gives them very little options to get off any significant offense. We've seen this being used really effectively by the bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling. And while I know a lot of you guys are going to hate on Aljo, he's not doing anything wrong. He's operating within the confines of a poor rule set. As a strong wrestler or grappler, you're incentivized to relentlessly continue shooting for takedowns. And if you fail, it's all right, because now you get a breather in a position where your opponent can't really do much, particularly if they're afraid to engage in any grappling situation with you. So now you get a breather. And if they try to engage with you in any kind of offensive grappling, you're confident that you're going to win that exchange and either get back to your feet in a much safer manner or get into a dominant grappling position, which is what you wanted in the first place. Or option number three, they just back off, let you stand up, and now you get even a few more seconds to recapture your breath, reset the fight, and go back to the well and do more of what you were doing before. It's not the fighter's fault for doing this. Don't hate the player, hate the game. On the flip side, if you're the person that successfully stuffed the takedown, now you're in a position where you can't really effectively strike this person unless you get to a better angle, which means you have to offensively grapple with this person. Therefore, you either grapple or back off and let the referee stand you guys back up. And not only does this kill the pacing of the fight, but it makes fighters commit to unnatural but strategically correct moves at the expense of what would actually naturally occur if this fight didn't happen within the confines of UFC rules. So the solution is to give fighters the ability to need grounded fighters in order to prevent any stalling and to encourage fighters to do better wrestling technique and to punish fighters for poor wrestling technique. This would give strikers more options in a fight and actually improve the overall level of wrestling in the UFC because wrestlers would now have to be more purposeful and technical with their entries and their takedowns. Now, I know a lot of you will disagree with allowing grounded knees in the UFC, but before the argument ensues, let's all at least find some middle ground and completely agree that having fighters just be standing up, essentially hunched over, touching their fingers on the ground to prevent from getting kneed in the face is a really silly rule and they should be susceptible to getting kneed in the face. Fighters in the UFC do this all the time, particularly against the fence, to not get kneed in the face while an opponent has a body lock or some kind of hold on them. It's an incredibly silly rule and fighters should be susceptible to getting kneed here. All they're doing is trying to stall their opponent out because they can't really do much other than maybe just knee them in the thigh. And it's really silly 
silly because instead of incentivizing fighters to fight the hands, fight out of a body lock, and grapple out of a position like that, they're incentivized to just stall their opponent out because they can't get kneed in the face, even though the option is there, but it's not legal in the UFC. It's incredibly silly. It's ridiculously silly. I think we can all at least agree on that premise. Now, when it comes to knees being too dangerous, I haven't seen any evidence to suggest that knees to grounded opponents are more dangerous or more brutal than the vast array of techniques that are already legal in the UFC or legal in other promotions. But if such evidence did present itself, I'd be more than willing to change my mind. I just haven't been exposed to any hard evidence that suggests that this technique would somehow lead to a completely new threat that hasn't been there in the UFC or in other mixed martial arts promotions before. And for those of you who might say that I haven't been hit with a grounded knee, so I don't have any horse in this race, you'd be completely right. I've never been hit with a knee while grounded. And that's totally fair. But keep in mind that Demetrius Johnson, one of the goats of our sports, was viciously viciously knocked out via knee while a grounded while being a grounded opponent and he himself still says still maintains that this technique should still be legal in mixed martial arts it's it's a valid technique that should be a constant looming threat because it incentivizes good technique from both parties so do with that knowledge what you will but i do want to make the point that even if we don't legalize grounded knees i think it would at least be worth revisiting redefining what a grounded opponent is there is a clear flaw in the definition right now, but I think perhaps maybe if we were to say something like if your back, butt, and elbows are touching the ground, then perhaps you can say that you're grounded. But if your knees, feet, and hands are touching the ground, then you're not necessarily grounded. I'm, I'm not sure what the best redefinition is, but I think it's worth revisiting if we're at least not going to legalize grounded knees, right? At least just revisit what it means to be a grounded opponent, because even across different states, the definition of a grounded opponent can change, which is just absurd. And for those of you that might think that it's a slippery slope to let grounded knees into the rule set because perhaps we'd have to revisit stomps or soccer kicks, I think it's a reasonable conversation to have, although I don't think stomps have any any real purpose in today's modern mixed martial arts, particularly because you can't really hold on to the fence, the exterior, the top of the fence, or just putting your fingers through the fence. Stomps really wouldn't be that effective in high-level MMA today. If we legalize stomps, I don't know that stomps would even be a predominant uh, technique used. It would be a very, very weird and situational technique, but I'm not married to the technique at all. Soccer kicks, I, I do think, would be a debate for another day. But when it comes to grounded knees, I think overall it incentivizes actions. It incentivizes good wrestling technique. It levels up the entire sport by increasing the level of technique. And it gives fighters who are better strikers than their opposition and able to stuff takedowns an opportunity to defend themselves in a very, very effective manner that is a constant looming threat that will give their opponent pause when deciding if they are going to close the distance and pursue a takedown. And if legalized in the UFC, the fighters themselves would incorporate the defenses and the uses of this technique into their everyday training. It would be like any other technique that you use that is a very good weapon. You would just incorporate it into your everyday training. And given the fact that this technique is legal in one championship and we see how high level their fighters are, why not have this technique in the UFC? I just don't see why not. And likewise, I think another really important change to the rule set that is long overdue is starting rounds two, three, four, five, any subsequent round after round one, obviously, in the position 
that the previous round ended. Principally speaking, just principally, if you worked hard to either get a takedown or hurt a fighter and knock them down and get into a dominant position where you are able to land effective strikes or other offensive techniques such as your submissions, the government, the state, should not interfere with you and your position in the next round. It makes no sense for any interference when a fighter works so hard to implement their game plan. The very next round, suddenly, they have to start in a position that they didn't end the previous round in. It makes very little sense. And look, I understand that it promotes more action on the feet because every round starts on the feet. Suddenly, you have more action. You have to close the distance once again. But when you consider that different martial arts, such as wrestling, such as jujitsu, take time. They take time. Sometimes more than five minutes will allow you to successfully get to the positions you want to get to to rain down your offense. It might take you three, four minutes to finally get your take takedown, particularly at the highest levels of mixed martial arts. Once you finally get your takedown, you should be rewarded for continuously trying to get your takedown, for continuously attacking different submissions, for finally getting to the mount, for passing guard, for getting to the back. You should be rewarded for getting to these positions. Likewise, if a fighter has another fighter on the ropes, so to speak, because we're in the cage, but if a fighter has a fighter on skates, they're completely destroying them on the feet, the fighter gets knocked down, they're on shaky legs, suddenly this fighter finds themselves in a dominant position to rain down strikes. Let's get rid of any grappling. If the fighter just wants to strike but wants to strike from a dominant position and suddenly the round ends, start the round in that position. I understand that a lot of mixed martial arts fans are going to argue that by starting a round in the position that the previous round ended, you can find yourself in a situation where fights can developmentally get more boring, right? If a fighter just searches for takedowns and is only searching for control, that could lead to a boring situation. But that is when we operate within the confines of the rule set for a fighter to continuously search for offense, for strikes, for submissions, to continuously try to finish the fight. If a fighter does find himself in a position where they worked hard for a technique, they finally get them down, they finally get into a dominant position, and the next round begins, they should be rewarded with that position. But make no mistake, if they get to that position and they just stall or just control, or they're really not trying to win the fight, they're just trying to win on points, they're just trying to smother the fighter and not really get any offense off. That is when it is up to the referee's discretion to either separate the fighters, stand them back up, etc. But if a fighter is trying, is desperately trying to stop the fight by finishing their opposition, they should be rewarded with those positions that they earned. And a lot of fans might say, oh, but what if we get into a situation where a dominant fighter is just taking you down in round one, at the end of the round, they start in round two, and they start in that position once again, because now we're starting fighters in the position that they end in the previous round. What happens if we end up in a position where the other fighter just can't get off any offense? That's how we find out who the better fighter is. We shouldn't reward fighters by involving the athletic commission to stand the fighters back up or restart them on the feet at the next round. The round should start where the previous round ended because if that fighter worked hard for that position, they should continue being offensive from that position. And likewise, it is the other fighter's job to get out of that position, particularly when they get a break in between rounds. They get the opportunity to game plan in between rounds to say, okay, I ended that round in bottom mount. Coach, tell me what I 
need to do to get out of bottom out, to escape his back control, to do all these various things to get into a better position. It is that fighter's responsibility. It is not the responsibility of the athletic commission of the state to get involved and take away the offense of the fighter that worked hard in the previous round. And guys, this is a critical change to the rule set. And I understand that a lot of you guys might be saying that this favors grappling arts and fighters who tend to lean towards their grappling skill set. And while it does, I would argue that the previous rule change that I that I suggested, the grounded knees, favors strikers and does not favor grapplers at all. I think that that's a fair way to balance things out. We need to incentivize good technique. By starting a round in the UFC, standing up as opposed to how the previous round ended, even if it's not in a dominant position per se, but even if a fighter is turtled up or on their back and the other fighter standing, we, need, we don't get to know how this situation plays out. That's what we need to see to find out who the actual better fighter is. Like I said before, some martial arts take longer than others. And if we don't incentivize fighters to perform better, to pass guard, to get to half guard, to then get to side control, to then take a fighter's back, if we don't incentivize these minor improvements to a fighter's position, then we're not incentivizing the truest form of mixed martial arts. I think this would completely change the landscape of mixed martial arts, and I think we would see certain fighters that don't perform well under the, the, the current rule set, I think we would start to see new stars and new fighters with very good skill sets that don't shine under these rule sets shine under a what I would say is a more refined rule set. And while we're on the topic of refining the rule set, I think one very quick, very easy change to be made in the UFC's current rule set is an automatic point deduction if we can quickly identify that a fighter has inserted two or more fingers into another fighter's glove. This happens a lot of the time in the UFC by many different fighters. And although we probably don't see most of these instances because they're hidden by, by the other fighter's bodies, I think it's a pretty prevalent problem. It is an egregious, an egregious technique that completely limits the mobility of one of the fighters, perhaps lures a fighter in or brings and pulls a fighter into a technique that they otherwise would have escaped, right? Whether it be pulling them in for a strike or pulling them in for an arm bar or various other techniques, it is such a silly common part of the sport. And while it may seem harsh, I think an automatic point deduction is well within reason. Because if you look at fights like Connor versus Khabib, where Connor 100% employed this technique to prevent Khabib from getting off his offense, Khabib couldn't really rain down certain ground and pound or attack Connor against the fence because Connor was very clearly pulling Khabib's glove with two or more fingers within his glove. That shouldn't be allowed in our sport. If you want to control a fighter's wrist, that's one thing. If you want to get overhooks and underhooks and fight certain positions with proper wrestling and grappling technique, that's totally well within reason. And actually the more beautiful and more aspirational part of mixed martial arts to see these techniques be employed at the highest level. But it takes no skill and it degrades the sport to allow fighters to dig their fingers into another fighter's glove. And it, it's, it's just gross. It's just gross that a piece of equipment supplied to you by the organization is being used against against you when it should be used to protect you in order to get off more offense. So automatic point deduction if you can find two or more fingers in somebody's glove automatically. But in what might be a more controversial alteration of the rule set, I think the 12 to 6 elbow is a kind of outdated rule that the UFC should revisit. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the 12 to 6 elbow refers to when a fighter raises their arm straight up and comes straight down with an elbow. It's famously the technique that gave John Jones 
owns his no contest against Matt Hamill. It's outdated because of the myriad of other techniques that are either just as or more dangerous than this elbow. Not to mention the fact that there's a clear flaw in that the 12 to 6 elbow with a slight change in angle, even if it's just that slight, this is now a completely legal technique and has been employed many a times by different UFC fighters. It's such a simple alteration of the technique that it doesn't make any sense for the 12 to 6 to not be legal when this is legal, this is legal, this is the all of these different variations of the same technique are completely legal. Not to mention other perhaps more, arguably more powerful elbows such as the overhead arched elbow that employs rotational force. Other elbows that employ rotational force include the one that could be famously used where he's almost, it's almost like a, he's doing the chicken dance, but he's getting an elbow and essentially getting the finishing point of a 12 to six, but employing rotational force. It's so silly that you can go about with different elbows, but the 12 to six is illegal just because MMA fans see straight up and down rapid movements of an elbow and think that it's far too brutal or it's, it's just barbaric. But I find that there's a lack of evidence that this technique is more dangerous than its other either very similar techniques or other techniques that are allowed in the UFC, right? Like I just said, all of these variations of elbow are completely legal. All of the rotational elbows that are arguably more powerful because they don't just employ a simple up and down movement, they employ your full rotation of your body. Those are completely legal as long as you're not hitting the spine. But the idea that flying knees, that spinning heel kicks, that back kicks to the face, that head kicks, just regular head kicks, that a shin to the head, essentially a baseball bat, hitting a head at full force is completely legal, not to mention the impact of the head once the completely unconscious head hits the canvas, getting twice as much damage, that's completely legal. But on top of that, we've seen fighters, particularly like Francis Ngannou, that once a fighter is either completely unconscious or basically unconscious, they have no idea where they are, a fighter can come with the full force of a hammer fist or an overhand, right? Right. We've seen this famously with Dan Henderson and Michael Bisping. You can come down with the full force of a punch with all of your weight behind it while a, an opponent has just been knocked out, hit their head on the canvas, and you can hit them with a punch coming all the way down from above. That's completely legal. But for some reason, this is too brutal for MMA fans. And I know what a lot of MMA fans are gonna say. They're gonna say that gravity being a part of this strike is what makes it far too dangerous. But once again, this is illegal. This strike with the full force of gravity and the strikes that I just mentioned before are completely legal in this sport. Gravity is of course a variable when it comes to the impact of a strike, but when we're allowing other strikes to also employ the force of gravity, I don't see why this one technique is singled out because suddenly gravity makes it all too powerful, all too brutal. It makes very little sense. And I know a lot of other MMA fans are going to say, well, the amount of force that it can generate can generate more injuries. That I, I don't know that there is any evidence to suggest that this one technique is going to expose fighters to more injury at a higher rate than they would have been exposed to prior to this being allowed, at least not to any substantial change percentage wise, right? If we allowed the 12 to 6 elbow, and again, I'll remind you, this elbow is completely illegal. 
this one, this one, this one, all these other elbows are completely legal. If we allow the 12 to 6 elbow, what percentage difference would it make in terms of increasing injury, increasing orbital injuries, crushing skulls, as fans like to say? What percentage difference are we going to see? I'm not sure that it would be much more. Now, if we legalize the elbow and we saw just a crazy dramatic change in the landscape of the sport where suddenly everyone's getting mounted upon and this elbow is becoming too brutal, everyone's orbital is getting destroyed, then I would be the first one to say that I was wrong. I just don't know that there's any evidence, any substantial evidence to suggest that this would be the case. And other fans might argue that how easy it is to employ this technique makes it far too dangerous, but I'm not so sure that that's a very good argument because to get to the position, like let's say mount, to get to the position where you would be employing this technique and employing it effectively, it wasn't necessarily easy to get to the point where you could employ this technique. So I'm not so sure that this technique is quote unquote easier to use than perhaps other similar techniques or other elbows. So I'm not sure that that's a very good argument. And if the technique is so easy to use and so dangerous, it's up to the referee to recognize, hey, this fighter is eating two, three, four, five of these elbows in a row. I got to stop this fight. But I do understand the argument that allowing this technique in the UFC could lead to more cuts, therefore could lead to more TKO via doctor stoppages, which is not necessarily a good thing in the sport, despite the fact that the technique is valid and would be employed by certain fighters in their game and would supplement a lot of fighters' game. I do understand that argument. I don't know if there's sufficient evidence to say that just that technique alone would cause so many more cuts that we would see a rapid surge in TKOs via doctor stoppage. I'm not sure that is the case. If it was the case, I think we would need to have another discussion about this technique being allowed in the UFC because having doctor stoppages left and right isn't good for the sport. While it may be more quote unquote realistic, it's not necessarily good for the sport to just have people getting cut open and having doctor stoppages left and right. So I can understand that argument wholeheartedly, but the rest of the argument that it is too dangerous or too brutal, I think, I think it's a hard sell. I think it's a really, really difficult point to make that it's too much when we have plenty of other techniques that are equally as damaging or more damaging or more dangerous, but we're a-okay with those being allowed in the sport, even though they may have much more potential to devastate a fighter's career or devastate their health. But I do think the best argument that could be made is the argument for cuts, right? And I'm not married to the technique. I'm not in love with this technique, but I think it's just hypocritical that as a sport, it doesn't make much sense in the current rule set to say that this is too dangerous or too easy to use or too effective to be in the sport as it stands today. But in what might be the more controversial rule set change that I want to discuss is allowing headbutts in the UFC. And I think you got to hear me out on this because allowing headbutts in the UFC would encourage and incentivize more movement along in the clinch. We've all seen UFC fights where both fighters are perhaps caught up with their hands because one is holding a body lock or trying to fight for underhooks and overhooks or both their hands are occupied and there's a lot of stalling going on, right? This tends to happen against the cage. A headbutt quickly resolves this issue by incentivizing fighters to break out of this position or 
take down their opponent or any other myriad of options that they could employ to move the action along. We tend to see a lot of these fights in mixed martial arts where a lot of stalling happens either in the clinch or in the guard that a simple headbutt would move the action along, right? It would allow fighters that are otherwise caught in a certain position, whether they're being pushed against the fence and one fighter is just trying to control them or the person controlling the fighter finds themselves in a position where the other fighter is controlling their hands and they can't really do much. Their legs are behind. They, they can't really use their legs to strike. So the next best thing is to employ a headbutt to move the action along, make the fighter react, and then find yourself perhaps in a position where you might be able to employ more of your offense. This tends to happen a lot in the guard, right? A lot of fighters might just stall in the guard, hold their opponent close to them in the guard to force the referee to stand up the fight because not enough action is happening. But if the top opponent in someone's guard can, instead of breaking their guard, just employ a headbutt to prevent that fighter from stalling, it would completely change the game for the ground game and the clinch game. Any up close offense that either fighter wants to employ, they would need to pause and defend and consider headbutts when deciding their entries, their defenses, their offenses, and their very next move. In the early UFCs, we used to see this technique be employed very effectively. Look no further than Mark Coleman and Don Fry. I mean, Mark Coleman was the hammer. He was just headbutting people left and right in their guard, and people didn't really have an answer for it. But I think if we allowed this technique in modern mixed martial arts, once again, I think people would train around it. They would find a way to mitigate headbutts. They would better control their opponent in the guard. They would get color ties. I think it would revolutionize the clinch in mixed martial arts. And I think pushing people against the cage and controlling them would have a very different feel when both fighters know that headbutts could be coming either direction. I think it's a positive change for the sport, but I do understand the pause in that headbutts could lead to more cuts, more broken noses, and more concussions if they were legalized in the UFC. Although I don't know how to what degree all of of those would be effective, right? What percentage increase we would see in cuts, broken nose? I think broken noses would probably happen quite a bit, which would be unfortunate, which is one of the bigger arguments against allowing headbutts in the UFC and more concussions, right? That's that's one of the bigger concerns because a lot of the times when we see head collisions, we've seen a few recently in the UFC, when we see head collisions, some of the fighters tend to walk away with particularly bad head collisions. They walk away with a concussion, which we don't necessarily want to encourage that. Although other sports like Lethway do employ headbutts and it's a very, very beautiful display of what you can achieve in striking when you mix different levels of technique. We see beautiful combinations in these sports that allow headbutts. Well, you'll see punches to the body, kicks to the leg, headbutts up top, pairing hands to lead into the headbutt. There's a lot of different ways to employ this technique that I, although I do think would be beautiful to see in the UFC, I doubt would ever, ever happen for the reasons I, I mentioned previously, but I think uh, I think it's a, it's a beautiful technique. And if I was shown evidence that it would just completely grade the sport either either because of the aforementioned reasons right the cuts the broken noses and the concussions that might come from routine headbutts or any other evidence that would suggest that headbutts would ruin the sport i would very quickly be willing to change my mind but wouldn't it be just awesome <laughs> to see headbutts in the ufc i don't know maybe maybe it's just me that i, I think i, I just want to see the truest form of martial arts seeing one fighter use their body to the fullest ability to their fullest capability against another and i think the rule set right now does doesn't really allow that, right? Given all the changes that I've recommended previously, grounded knees, 12 to six elbows, automatic point deductions for grabbing gloves and starting the round with the way the previous round ended in the position the previous round ended. I think that these are valuable changes. All right, take your pick. Let me know what rules you would change in the UFC. Do you agree with everything I said? Do you agree with some of the things I said? Let me know down below, subscribe and follow, do all the things and I'll catch you in the next one.